Hey guys, before we even begin the intro, I recorded this whole show and forgot to tell you something really important. I am doing another live show back in San Francisco, the Piano Fight Theater, June 29th. It's a Saturday this time. So if you've ever been like, oh man, I really wanted to come see you, but it's a pain in the ass to get all the way out to San Francisco on a Thursday, I'm moving up. I'm on a Saturday now. Saturday, 7 p.m., we can tear it down right afterward. This is in the middle of SF Pride weekend. The big parade is the next day. If you've ever wanted to come out for SF Pride, this is the time to do it. Come spend your Saturday with me and then go see the parade the next day. Here's how you get your tickets. bit.ly slash px3june. Again, bit.ly slash px 3 June. It's going to be right after the first debates. We're going to be making fun of everything that happened. We're going to be talking about the races. Uh, it's going to be a really fun time. So go ahead and check it out. Bit.ly slash PX3 June. The Politics, Politics, Politics program. PX3 for short. Brought to you as always by everybody who supports us at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. I, I want to thank you guys. I went on a two-week vacation. I went to Italy. All right. And I left this show in the hands of the very, very capable Tom Merritt. Tom did a great job. But you know who else did a great job? You guys supporting this show. I'm going to be real here for a second. I, I don't make my money doing anything else but Patreon. Uh, that's where my money comes in. Uh, and primarily, it is this Patreon, the political Patreon, that makes me the lion's share of the money that I use to live, to pay my rent, God forbid, go on vacations here and again. The greatest fear that I have, and I'm by and large not a, I'm a crazy person, but I'm not an anxious person. I'm pretty good at tuning out the existential dread of understanding that at the whims of a bunch of strangers, I could not have a career tomorrow. I do my best at not thinking about that. But the thing that I do fear the most is if I take my foot off the gas, if I don't produce shows, then I don't get paid. That's the way that Patreon works for me because I'm doing things on a per week basis. If we don't charge for the Patreon, then I don't get the money. So anytime that you change anything on the internet, people tend to not... You open up the door for people to not react well. Luckily, I had Tom. Tom did a great job. But you have no idea what it means to me as a creator, as an independent creator who only makes his money from you guys. I don't got ads on this show. I don't got a network that's paying me. This is just me and you. When I came back from my vacation, the Patreon was higher than it was when I left. You guys don't know what that means. And for that, I say thank you. I've returned. I am renewed. I am recharged. I am ready for more horse shit, less bullshit. So let's go ahead and start the show, huh?
Oh, yeah. Yeah! We are back, baby! Uh. We got so much to talk about. We, 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 we got finally some action in this primary. We've got Bet 2.0 glitching out. We've got Joe Biden hit with a plagiarism charge. Mm, I wonder who hipped you to that little flashback a couple weeks ago. What does London, uh, Trump's trip to London mean for the UK leadership race? Hey, I can do a international stuff too, Tom. Showing off. The parade of wrong opinions. The return of the pole dance, and of course, but your emails. But let's begin with things finally getting a little exciting in the 2020 primary. It's time for these candidates to stop being polite and start getting real. You want to know why? You want to know why you're starting to see? It ain't, it ain't super bad. This is a little, uh, a little barb. A little barb here and there between some of the candidates. You know, we're not full on... Daytona trade and paint just yet, but we're close. We're getting there, and it's happening for one of two reasons, and I'll spell them out here for you. Number one, we are close to the debates. Now, I know that you guys, the dear, faithful PX3 family, or familia, as they say it out there in Italy where I just came back from, you and me, the familia, we are obsessed about all of this. We follow each and every little uh, crumb and, and dust spectacle that flies off this beast with a billion backs known as the 2020 primary. And I've tried my best to keep it as interesting as possible. However, it is now that I can finally reveal to you that nothing up till now has mattered. <laughs> or at least it won't matter. Everything's going to matter exponentially more when we get beyond our first debate. Because everything that's, every candidate that's risen and fallen and debuted and fundraised, all this, this is all effectively the horses being led into their corrals ready to be launched out into the Kentucky Derby. We we are we are only in prep. This is the off season effectively. And so now we're getting into a little bit of sniping, a little bit of sniping between a few of the candidates. Not only because the debates are about to come and clarify things, but here's reason number two. This is not just a big old scrum of 50,000 candidates. There's 49,999 candidates and one front runner. That man is Joe Biden, and he is way the hell out in front. He's in front nationally. He's in front in Iowa. He's in front in New Hampshire. He's in front in South Carolina. So if you run this simulation out, and granted, there's a spotty track record of people that have led in polling this early in the process. But everything, all present is the future unless there's change. And you're looking at a lot of candidates that need to start 
changing their fortunes and quick. Because otherwise, this is just going to be Biden versus Trump. That whole leftward swing, done. The year of the woman, LOL. The first gay president, well, I don't know if you're Pete or Pete's brother, Pete, but I don't think so. You're going to need more than Artie, the strongest man in the world, to console you because Joe Biden is running wild. So, we get a little conflict. Mm, I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hear the beefs. Let's go ahead and start with Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete versus Kirsten Gillibrand. Now, this is interesting because it was not long ago that Mayor Pete was polling around where Kirsten Gillibrand is right now. Kirsten Gillibrand has been probably the most uh, star-crossed of our candidates. She has not launched well. She didn't fundraise well. She has selected a issue that you would have thought was a winner, but hasn't really caught on with the Me Too stuff. And so now, Mayor Pete kind of punching down a little bit toward Kirsten Gillibrand. And I got a theory on why. So, Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, taking aim at former... Senator Al Franken's resignation. Buttigieg implicitly criticized Gillibrand by saying that he would not have pressured Franken to resign over sexual misconduct allegations based on what we knew at the time. Gillibrand fired back saying, I believe women and I believed the women that were speaking out. I know what you're thinking. I mean, on its face, this is absolute Madness. A white man defending another white man's sexually predatory behavior? Suicide! But not for Mayor Pete, who equips Rainbow Cloak, which gives him plus five defense against hashtag MeToo attacks, and it has boosted another two points for the environmental bonus of Pride Month. If I were Mayor Pete, I would just come out and say, everybody resign. It's Pride Month. And then make them all say that they weren't. And then they all just get booed when they try to do their uh, their photo ops at the pride parades for uh, the rest of the month. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine everybody else. All the straights are out there. All the straights looking for uh, a, a pride parade love. <laughs> and Mayor Pete's like, I call on every one of my opponents to resign right now in celebration of pride month. If you're that committed to the cause, hey, Lizzie Warren, you want to be out there with the rainbow feather boa? Put your money where your mouth is. Resign your campaign so we can put a gay dude on the throne. <laughs> God, I would love it. And then I would say, no, I mean, I've worked my whole life for this. You know, I raised money. I got supporters. I opened offices. I can't just, I can't just resign immediately. And they're just getting booed. You know, Jack dude on stilts covered in glitter with the angel wings is just, you know, throwing uh, uh, trash down. God, that'd be so funny. Here's the reason why Mayor Pete is going after Kirsten Gillibrand about Al Franken, by the way. IMO. There is money behind taking down Kirsten Gillibrand. Let's. Rewind a little bit. Something that we talked about on this show. This is why long 
long-term listening is rewarded. Let's travel back in time to a simpler age. November 26, 2018. This is right after midterms. Headline from Politico, Franken-Scandal haunts Gillibrand's 2020 chances. We read now from a story by uh, Natasha Karecki and Laura Namas. Just a month after Al Franken formally resigned from the Senate amid sexual misconduct allegations, the former senator met with an intimate group of Bay Area supporters at the home of major Democratic Party financiers, Mary and Steve Swig. As Franken and his wife Franny Bryson made the rounds thanking supporters in the philanthropist San Francisco home at the February 2018 event, the conversation broke off into another subject. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, the New York Democrat, had, in their opinion, pulled the rug out from under Frank and a Minnesota Democrat beloved by the group, forcing him out without any real vetting of the allegations facing him. Quote, it was said not in front of Al to impress him. It was said privately in a corner. A group of us were standing there talking about it. He was one of our best weapons against this administration. His presence on these committees, she did, speaking of Gillibrand, The damage that the Republicans could not do themselves, one of the attendees told Politico. There were other people at this event who were saying the same thing. They said, absolutely, I will never do anything for her. Today, nearly a year after Gillibrand led the charge in calling for Franken's resignation, the anger is fresh in the minds of major donors across the country. More than a dozen prominent West Coast, New York, and national donors and bundlers, many of them women, said that they would never again donate to or fundraise for Gillibrand and would only do so if she ended up as the Democratic presidential nominee. So let's say you are Mayor Pete. You're currently in the kind of second tier. There's Biden, and then there's a big gulf, and then there's... You know, this second tier, and it, it alternately kind of includes you and Kamala Harris and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And you need all the help you can get. You need all the money you can get. And you know that for a few big donors, it is certainly a pet peeve of theirs that Al Franken got submarine by Kirsten Gillibrand. Gillibrand ain't doing so well. She's lagging behind. She did her own Fox News town hall, which has normally been ratings magic, didn't draw crap. If you had the chance to metaphorically put her down for good, do you think that that would make that coterie of influential donors more or less likely to put money in your pocket? Riddle me that. Let's talk about Warren and Bernie for a second, because right now our next feud is a handicap match between them and the front runner. Senators Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren have taken swipes at former Vice President Joe Biden over his willingness to attend high dollar fundraisers with Wall Street supporters. Warren also took a shot at Biden over his willingness to work with Republicans. Now, here's my note on this. If, as my read on the situation is, Biden is succeeding at the level that he is succeeding because he is a moderate. Right now, in general, 
You have seen the 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 rank and file of our million and a half Democratic candidates in this primary in general tilt further to the left than we normally see. So Biden has the opportunity to not only be the highest name recognition, be the only candidate that has sat in the White House before, but also be more like the vast majority of the country. He ain't going to win any awards on Twitter, but he is doing what seems to be resonating. So if you have Bernie and Warren, who are the vanguard of progressive politics, Bernie more so than Warren, but Warren has certainly carved out her bona fides, then is that helping or hurting Biden? Hmm. And I don't know why I saved this one for last. This is really the undercard. One time I was watching a UFC pay-per-view, and I don't watch a lot of UFC, but I was at a bar with a couple friends were watching, and it was uh, a really quick main event. Right? It was. It was not. It was not a. a you know, it didn't last all that long. So next thing you know, we're all talking and I look up and I'm like, oh, are they rerunning the pay-per-view? No, no, no. They just ran two random dudes there at the end. I guess just because, you know, I guess they get a payday and this is more action. So if you like UFC, then here's some more UFC. That's kind of what I think here. Our headliners were Bernie and uh, Warren versus Biden. But this is the two random dudes that are coming out and just slugging each other. John Hickenlooper versus Jay Inslee. They fought over socialism. This was at the California Democratic Convention. In fact, Hickenlooper got his ass booed. We must tackle the kitchen table challenges facing Americans. But let me be clear. If we want to beat Donald Trump and achieve big progressive goals, socialism is not the answer. I was reelected. I was reelected in a purple state in 2014, one of the worst years for Democrats in a quarter century. I was, you know, if we're not careful, we're going to end up helping to reelect the worst president in American history. I am John Hickenlooper, and I swear to God, I will turn this convention right around if you don't start behaving. Jay Inslee came to check his ass. Quote, I'm a governor who doesn't think that we should be ashamed of our progressive values. He said to whoops and cheers from the liberal audience. My big league galaxy brain parsing of this epic back and forth is nobody cares. Here's the question that I do care about. Does all the sniping, and it will get worse from here, does it do more damage than good? By the way, we've been reading a lot of this from the research of a Hill article, so big shout out to the Hill. The bitter primary battle between Sanders and the 2016 Democratic nominee Hillary Clinton left bruised feelings in some Sanders supporters at home on Election Day. Quote, I thought we learned our lesson the last time, one strategist said. These sorts of things don't evaporate when the general election begins. The wounds actually deepen. 
The strategist questioned whether the headlines were worth it, saying it would be surprising if the small tiffs were making anyone pay attention beyond the immediate news cycle. It's doing more harm than good. Wrong. Fraud. The strategist, fraud. I think that that is absolutely incorrect. In fact, I believe that the defeating of candidates, the the beating them, making their supporters understand we lost. This, we ran out of runway. There was no question from Ted Cruz supporters whether or not they liked Donald Trump. They could lament the turn of their party. They could lament their fellow Republicans, but they could not say we would have won. That was something out of their, you know, you could say, oh, well, you know, maybe if more people have dropped out, you, you can do big meta strategic kind of thoughts on that. But in general, hard feelings are worse when you believe that, ah, oh, man, if my candidate had just said things that everybody else was saying, then maybe it would have been different. By the end of Trump versus Cruz, when every name in the book has been emptied, the cupboard was bare. All the moves were made. And ultimately, I believe that when your guy is out, 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 done, that makes them more likely to coalesce around the person that wins. Now, there might be hard feelings, but I think the fact that Donald Trump did dispatch a lot of fairly credible Republican candidates is the reason that hashtag never Trumpers became hashtag hold your nosers. And for everybody that's not named Biden, the winds of change need to come and they're the only ones that can make it. They need to start stacking bodies because guess what? There's a big chungus at the White House in November of next year and he's going to be the hardest one to take down. Politics! If you enjoy this show then you're going to enjoy the free political newsletter. So I need you right now on your phone, on your computer. I need you to go on over to the following URL. Freepoliticalnewsletter.com Five days a week, five stories a day. Mostly gifts, sometimes hot takes. It took a little two-week nap. It was like the only thing that I do on a weekly basis that actually went dormant. But we're back! And better than ever. I'm so, so, so excited to be writing this again. It's always such an absolute blast. Also, uh, and I don't know whether this is going to be permanent, but I screwed up posting the interview this week. The interviews are back. We have a great interview about the history of facial hair in politics and whether or not it will ever return. There's a lot of sociological, a lot of cultural kind of stuff baked into this. It's a really, really, really fun interview, and it goes live tomorrow, so make sure you check that out. Politics! All right, let's get to the rest of the top stories. Bet 2.0! Bet 2.0! Oh, God. There are two things that I regret that I was not able to make more fun of as they were rolling out, and it's Bet 2.0 and de Blasio. I mean, if God, the de Blasio campaign, such an epic shit show, such an epic shit show that is currently just decaying. 
It was born to die. The de Blasio came. In fact, that would be, I would buy a t-shirt if it was de Blasio 2020, born to die. But meanwhile, Bet 2.0 is out here. You know, he launched. He was born to do it. You know, he's out there. Oh, the new, the new Bobby Kennedy. Oh, look at him. He lost to Ted Cruz. That qualifies him to run for president. Oh, those, I mean, if there's ever, an, if there's ever an example, there's ever an example that you ever want to give to one of your uh, friends, especially, I'm talking about blue teamers now. If you're talking about, uh, like, if, if you want to talk to your friends and they're like, oh, I'm looking for a podcast to listen to, and they're a Pod Save America fan, literally, just explain to them, hey, remember how you were gaslit to think that Beto O'Rourke was going to be a top tier candidate? Remember how you were literally gaslit to believe that a guy who lost to Ted Cruz, lost his biggest election that he's ever run for, would be qualified to run for president, would be a top-tier candidate. Remember that? This is why you need to listen to PX3. Just to counterbalance it. Look, you can go on your little fantasy. You can go on your. You can go on on whatever trip you want. You can believe a, a fandom is fandom. Uh, I'm not gonna yuck on your yum. All I'm saying is that if you actually want to know some of these things, you want to get get a get an unbiased example, then come to the man who was telling you that Beto O'Rourke is Ben Folds. Now you might like Ben Folds. You might even own a couple Ben Folds albums. But nobody goes on tour to go see Ben Folds night after night. God bless Ben Folds, but I'm just saying, he's just not that dude. Let him be him. I think Beto could have run again for Senate and would have had a really good shot. Instead, he's out here apologizing for how he was running three months ago and launching new stuff. I mean, here his new thing yesterday... Uh, because, you know, you want to know what's working? You want to know what's working? Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren's been tracking really, really well lately. What's the Elizabeth Warren strategy? Came out hard on impeachment and comes out with proposals every two weeks. So Beto came out hard for impeachment, and now he's got a proposal. Term limits for the Supreme Court and Congress. Cool. That'll get the kids fired up. Joe Biden has been hit with a plagiarism charge on his climate plan. <laughs> the climate plan, by the way, is uh, is is great because everybody is uh, you know on the left and the progressive wing. Oh, you're too you're too middle of the road. You're you're doing half measures. We need bold progressive strategies. And so Biden came back and said, I have a climate change plan that is just as unrealistic as any of yours. Thunderous applause. But as it turns out, it was almost too much like other people's climate change plans. You plagiarized a little bit. Hey, remember a couple weeks ago when on this show we talked about how a, a plagiarism scandal took down Biden's campaign back in the 80s? That's why you listen to PX3. What does Donald Trump's visit to London mean for the UK leadership race. One of the greatest things that Tom did on this show was to bring you an international flavor. He did a great job at it. I enjoyed listening to it while I was in the EU. I enjoyed listening to all the all the back and forth about what was going down. 
So right now it looks like Boris Johnson is probably the favorite to take over Theresa May's prime ministership. He is going to be a hardliner on Brexit, the way that he was a hardliner to push for the Brexit vote, the leave vote, rather. But you might get the sense that he's taking this possible ascendancy pretty seriously. Donald Trump comes out to the UK. You would think that for Boris Johnson, that as prime minister, he would greatly tout a relationship between the United States and the UK. He would say that if the EU wants to play hardball, that we will increase trade with the United States. We'll make it cheaper. We'll incentivize trade with the United States. We will usher in a bold new age of the special relationship between these two nations. And yet, Boris Johnson turned down a meeting face-to-face with President Trump, opting instead for a phone call, which I'm no expert on UK politics, but I think that that is probably him saying, hey, look, once I get the job, we can go hand-in-hand, frolicking and skipping as much as we want. But as things are possibly in flux, let's, let's tone it down. Tone it down. We'll just talk on the phone, babe. We'll just talk on the phone. We don't need to see each other. Just wait. Just wait till she's gone. And then it'll be, I think we're alone now. Doesn't seem to be anyone around. That's a very disturbing thought. I don't know, for some people it's really exciting, though. Maybe I should write more Donald Trump, Boris Johnson fan fiction. Wrong! Well, if that's the case, then it might be time for the Parade of Wrong Opinions! You know, uh, the economy, you know, Donald Trump's crown jewel, his his greatest achievement thus far as president. It seems like it's going pretty great. Wrong! Oh, wait a minute. This is a May report that private sector job growth plummeted, adding only 27,000 jobs, the fewest in nine years and way below the 173,000 economists had been expecting. This data is typically a good barometer of what is to come in the government's official jobs report. It comes amid concerns that the stellar job market may finally be slowing down. In a press release, Moody's chief economist Mark Zandi said job growth is moderating. Labor shortages are impending job growth, particularly at small companies and layoffs at brick and mortar retailers are hurting. I have long said that Donald Trump is the prohibitive favorite to win re-election if the economy's good. But it depends on if the economy's good. Silicon Valley has nothing to worry about from Washington, D.C. Wrong! Mm, This is another big development. We have a, a newly formed... Uh, D.C. task force, tech executives on Wall Street were generally surprised by the sudden antitrust squeeze planned by both the administration and the House. So the House has formed 
an antitrust investigation into thus non-singled out, but let's understand it's most likely Facebook, Google, Apple, and Amazon. Conventional wisdom in both Washington and on Wall Street has pegged regulatory action around privacy, First Amendment issues, and advertising rules. Here's why, according to Axios, the tech sector was not expecting this. A Republican administration wasn't expected to take a hard line against the business of successful American icons. And after hearings focused on social media's impact on elections, Facebook and Twitter looked more vulnerable to D.C. action than Amazon, Apple, and Google, which are included in this new investigation by the Department of Justice and the FTC. This is just a bad look. This is a bad, this is bad news for, for the tech companies. And if I were to take a guess on the issues that uh, it is going to focus around, sure, privacy... But also, Amazon is going to face a question about antitrust, considering that they run a gigantic market and they sell their own products within that market. And I think uh, Google and Facebook uh, are going to you know, look at a lot of hard questions about how they sell their ads, who they sell their ads, and if they are prioritizing certain ads over other ones. Apple, Apple's less vulnerable to this because, by and large, their bargain is fairly clear. We sell very expensive things and that's pretty much it. You know, they they have hardware stuff and maybe they'll there'll be some fight over you know, the App Store, you know. I guess that there, there could be an antitrust thing with the App Store. Might see some security hawks that Apple should be building in back doors. Or, uh, you know, uh, offer decryption to law enforcement agencies. But I would say Amazon, Google, and Facebook. The, the, these, those are the ones that really got to worry. Hey, here's a political headline. No podcast is too small for the 2020 Democratic candidates. Wrong! Oh, how did that one get in there? <laughs> it's just a self-burn. Like... I mean, they're taking nothing away from our interview about presidential facial hair tomorrow, but apparently, you know, all these small podcasts, people are going on these small podcasts. I mean, I'm just a small, I'm just a small podcast. I don't know. You guys want to come on? Andrew Yang, you want to come on? Uh, Mayor Pete, Jay Inslee, John Hickenlooper. I'm sorry he said that nobody cared. I care. I care about you. Come on my podcast. Hey, it's impeachment or bust for the House Democrats. Wrong! Mm, You saw your first little trial balloon go up yesterday. The first little trial balloon went up yesterday. Democrats keep censure on the table from... The Hill, House Democrats are eyeing a move to censure President Trump as a possible alternative to impeaching a president that they have accused of gross wrongdoing while in office. A censure resolution, essentially a public reprimand 
lacks the teeth of impeachment's intrinsic threat to remove a sitting president, but supporters say it would send a clear and immediate message to voters that Democrats are taking seriously their constitutional responsibility to be a check on executive misconduct by telling him he's been a very, very bad boy. I have long wondered exactly how they were going to get out of this. Because Pelosi's not going to let him push impeachment. It just ain't going to happen. But do you think they're going to settle on censure? And if they do settle on censure, are the progressive wing, I'm talking about my freshmen, we were only freshmen, AOC, Omar, Tlaib, are they going to swallow their gum and come to the table and be happy with censure? Are they going to tell their adoring public that this is good enough? Wrong! Yeah, that's what I think, too. Now, I got an apology to issue. I knew the keys were in my pocket when I got to security at the airport. I pulled them out. I put them in the little dish, and I'm like, oh, man, you want to know what? I definitely locked Tom out of the pole dance. I locked him out. That's my bad to to Tom Merritt. He had to pull. He, he did a great job with the pole position. But we got a South Carolina pole dance here coming up, and I want to apologize to Tom. I had to leave you out here with this riffraff, right? Just all these this loose detritus outside. Beto, Booker, Klobuchar, Yang, de Blasio, Ryan, Gillibrand. I'm sorry, but... I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Emerson poll. Taken from May 31st to June 3rd. Folks, it's the return of the... If you got that first to the stage With 5% of the vote She is the Senator from California it's Kamala Harris. Coming up next, 8% of the vote. It is Mayor Pete This is a pretty good poll for her. 15% of the vote for Elizabeth Warren. Coming in second. 22% of the vote. Better than he did here last time. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it is Bernie But your headliner, former VP, a man who knows a good book because he steals it, 39% of the vote to Joe That is Harris with five, Buttigieg eight, Warren 15, Sanders 22, and Biden 39, and Emerson, South Carolina poll. Remember that South Carolina, traditionally, that's your kill state. You know, if you can't win in Iowa and you can't win in New Hampshire, South Carolina is where a lot of campaigns go to die, and it's why you would be betting against Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete not only doesn't have name recognition, he doesn't pull well in South Carolina. So Mayor Pete really has to go all in with Iowa because New Hampshire's screwed. You're screwed in New Hampshire. Biden's got a lead there, and if it's not going to be Biden, it's going to be Bernie because he's from Vermont. All right, let's go ahead and get into, but your emails. You can always email us, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Peter writes, so it seems quiet on the Bill de Blasio front. Is it too soon to call it? I hope not. De Blasio looks like he's going to miss the first debate. And he might miss the second one, too. I mean, if he just keeps missing debates, the shame. The New York media is going to open their jaws and consume him. It's going to be ugly. And I can't wait for it. <laughs> de Blasio 2020, born to die. So here's something uh, that also happened. While I was gone, the mailbag kind of dried up. So uh, please go ahead and send in your emails to theyoungamerican at gmail.com. But I also opened it up to Twitter here today. We got some good ones. Sistro writes, who do you think will win the Democratic nomination and why? Initially, I wasn't going to answer this because my, my, my stuff's on the record. I think Bernie is going to win because I don't trust Biden to not implode. And I think that Bernie has the hardcores. If we're going to learn anything, I made this prediction a couple months ago, and and the reason why was because if, if I'm going to say that I learned something from 2016, it's that a high floor is, uh, uh, the high floor, low ceiling is not a death trap anymore. And the larger this race gets, the more a high floor, low ceiling would play to somebody's advantage in the way that it did for Trump. But now, I, I'm still going to stick with Bernie. I still got Bernie, but... I could also see Mayor Pete being gay Obama. Specifically, if Biden implodes and Mayor Pete is the moderate, the new de facto moderate candidate. I think that would be that would be a very interesting, interesting wrinkle to the race. Scott Johnson of the morning stream replied, did Trump once really ask Princess Kate to get her boobs out? 
You know, sometimes Scott is just so dialed in on all things Trump that I just have no idea even what he's talking about. Uh, uh, Kylon MN writes, what do you expect from the New York state fraud case against Manafort? Pain. Phil writes, why would anyone run for office? Well, you know, if you ask them because they felt a larger duty to the public good. If you ask me, because they're career politicians. It's like, why are you a carpenter? Why do you, why does somebody work at Best Buy? Why do I do podcasts? Because at a certain point, it's what we do. Simon writes, why did hashtag Trump leave hashtag D-Day 75th early to play hashtag golf at hashtag Donbeg in a club he owns, the only place in hashtag Ireland where people will be nice to him as he pays their wages? I would guess because he likes golf. Rivabadin writes, assuming Trump is the Republican nominee, how do you think he attacks each of the popular Dems? I actually think that no matter what, he runs on the economy. He's going to run on the economy. Do you like the fact that you have a job? Then I'm the one who gave it to you. And that about wraps it up for us here today. Thank you so much for, again, supporting this show. Also, I want to let you know that you can email us at theyoungamerican at gmail. Our music was provided by Valesco and Tropkillas. You can follow me at Justin R. Young everywhere. You can subscribe to the free political newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. A reminder that I am coming back to the infamous Piano Fight Theater in San Francisco, California. That is June 29th. Politics, politics, politics live. We'll be breaking down the first two nights of the debate. I may or may not be at the debates, so I might be a, a rush to get back to San Francisco for the live show. But we'll have all the hilarity of all the debates live for you. By the way, that's SF Pride weekend. So if you have ever wanted to, this is a Saturday. Normally we've done it on Thursdays. We're moving up to the main room, the main room. We are on a Saturday, so you can come on down if you've ever wanted to uh, uh, experience uh, SF Pride. Stuff's going on the whole weekend, but the parade is Sunday morning. So spend your Saturday with me at the Piano Fight Theater that it's a 7 p.m. show. You can get your tickets at bit.ly slash px3june. Again, that is bit.ly slash px3june. All right. That about wraps it up for us today. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying, some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics. And there was one I saw the other day that talked about politics. But this, this, my friends, is the only show that talks about all three. Channel, 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 channel.